Well, um, we are um, Carol and, and, and I'm Grant. Um, we are about to take our son off to college this afternoon. He just graduated from high school, and he's going to be a, an Arkansas Razorback with his older sister, who is about to be a senior at uh, at Arkansas. And uh, um, we also have a uh, a girl who is about to be a freshman in high school, and another girl who is about to be a sixth grader. And so um, we've we spread them out and uh, really do not know how to do this parenting thing uh, uh, just trying just as like as everybody else just trying to do everything we can to love our kids and to and to um, lead them well and so um, this is kind of uh, fun for us but at the same time um, a little nerve-wracking um, because you know we've got uh, four kids and very uh you know i've always said nobody can write a parenting book until you know they've got f- perfect kids and their kids are 40 years old you know um there's lots of theories lots of uh uh books written on parenting but the reality of it is as we all know um it's it's a it's a journey and it is uh um it's everything we can to 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 stay in the game and to be focused on leading our kids well. So uh, this is fun. Appreciate you being here. And uh, we're going to do our best not to be distracted by this nonsense on my ear. Uh, it's, uh, uh, they're wanting to make sure I don't uh, lead you astray, I guess. Um, we, we have an outline. We're going to kind of try to follow it, but I'm not sure that it's going to be doing a whole um you know try not to read ahead because because a lot of what we're going to talk about is is probably it may, may not be on here um but um i figured we'd give you some sort of way to 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 take notes or to give ideas the 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 take home that we'd like does everybody get one the take home that we'd like to you to you to go home today is it's really um planned um uh, to, to go home with, with actually events or things that you intentionally plan on putting in place in your house or doing with your kids to communicate your love for them. Um, just maybe practical ideas, maybe a little bitty um, um, ideas with regards to how to deal with certain situations that you face. Um, but the idea is to, is to really um, proactively tell your kids that you love them a lot of parenting of teenagers we feel like is is defensive you know you're 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 waiting for the move that the teenager is going to make and and then you and then you end up responding to that and and uh um the idea that we'd like to to come up with today is is just give you certain ways that you can proactively communicate your love and God's love to your kids, and um, and so we're going to kind of walk through this. And in, in, uh, you know, where I'd like to start is is just a, a brief description of how God captures our hearts. Right? He pursues us relentlessly with with um, unconditional love. He protects us he provides for us he cares he guides he directs he disciplines for our good and i find that 
um, the way I have traditionally or along, uh, along the way responded is very similar to the way our teenagers respond to our protection, our love, our, our thing. And that is, you know, I know you love me, but it's all about me, what I want. Don't embarrass me. You don't understand. You always tell me what to do. When will it be my turn to be in charge? And I want to be free. And so if you really personalize what your teenager is going through, you do the same thing really to God. We do the same thing with God. And so um, it's, it, it, um, you know, it, it, it's easier to understand what your teenager is going through if you just put it relative to your relationship with the Lord over the years. And, and, uh, and that's what they're going through. Carol found a... a, 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 a a translation or, or a, a version of the Bible, New International Parental Version, which which translates 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 like this, and I'll read it. Uh, My parents are patient and kind. They do not envy or boast, and they're not proud or too full of themselves. Uh, they're not rude or self-seeking. My parents are not easily angered and keep no record of wrongs. They do not delight in evil but rejoice with the truth. They always protect, always trust, always hope, and always persevere. And really that's what we want to be like and we fail miserably. Um, but that's the heart of God. That's how He loves us. And um, um, so what we wanted to do this morning is to kind of walk through ten ways of communicating your love uh, to your kids and and how that um, benefits them um, so we'll go through the uh, number one over there on the first page show and tell um, it's, a lot of these are kind of obvious you look at it and you go duh obviously um, but again when we kind of walk through this don't just say to yourself well duh yes I need to tell my kid I love them but really when last did you? And when are you gonna? Right? Because it's it's it, you you got to proactively plan on doing it because otherwise it won't happen. You know when I I can plan on telling my son who I'm fixing to uh, take off to Fayetteville this afternoon. I can plan on telling him that I love him. But when I get home and he's not packed and the room is an absolute total mess and he's sitting watching television, it's not going to happen, right? And so, um, um, you know, there you go. At least you know what to expect. Yeah, my expectations are really high. Um you know, telling them it's not just I love you, but it's also, um, you know, little notes, um, you, you know, that you that you give them in their school book or in their school lunch or their um, uh, other ways that you that you communicate that uh, verbally. Um, the other thought that, uh, that that is with regards to verbal communication is really a lot of times what we say is I don't love you because you haven't won the game or because you didn't get an A or because you know because we're very performance oriented and so um, being conscious of what you're communicating is extremely important as they go into middle school you know you're an embarrassment 
that's just the way it is. And uh, and so a lot of times, it, you know, inside communication, like where they know what you're saying, but maybe their their peers don't, uh, is a really cool way to do it. Um, you know, we had a a little um, I don't know joke or whatever uh, between us where where I don't know where it started, but I would leave her a note on her on her work computer or wherever, and it would just say one four three. Uh, you know, basically it's just I love you, the number of letters, right? Or one four three four, I love you more, kind of thing. So our kids got to know what that is. So now when I leave a little card in 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 a in a lunchbox or something that says one four three. Their friends don't know what it is. It doesn't embarrass them, but they know what it is. And really what's really fun is if their friends want to know what it is, they won't tell them what it is, and it's our code. And so their friends even reinforce the fact that what I'm trying to communicate to my girls. So, um, it only embarrasses them when you put on lipstick and there you go. card. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Is that awkward? Um, you know, all throughout this outline, there's some scriptures that are really, really um, uh, great uh, scriptures to use with regards to these. But, but um, as we'll talk about it in just a second, um, the, memorizing scripture or your kids memorizing scripture is extremely important. And a lot of these scriptures are great scriptures to start off with. Um, for example, in the verbal, uh, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but what is helpful to, uh, for building others up according to their needs, uh, that they may benefit, that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, Ephesians 4.29. Physically, um, communicating that you love them physically is huge. Um, you know, sitting next to them watching television doesn't accomplish your to-do list um, and not necessarily just vegging but just for a few minutes putting your arm around them telling them to you love them in the ear and just and just being with them um, I think too on this one um, backing up just a couple of sentences is that when I was going through this this morning um, the thing, the scripture that God gave us in this outline is far greater information than anything else in the outline. Um, and I mean, I was just blessed again as I started reading these verses. Um, and then, but on the physical side, we, um, as we prayed through this to fight, figure out which verses to plug in here, these are the ones that my daughters and my best friend who's uh, been battling cancer. Um, these last two years, these are the scriptures that they go to, and they're all physical with the Lord. They all, uh, like my daughter's, hers is um, Isaiah 40:11, and it just says, "He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart." And that's very physical picture of how she sees God, and I'm thrilled that she has that. Um, the one above that was my roommate's from college. Uh, she goes through cancer, and she just knows that she's under God's wings and uh, and held close to his heart because of the way this is translated. But anyway, all this to show that we have the need to have a physical contact. And as your kids go through those middle years and they start changing and they're not, uh, their bodies are not as snugly as they used to be, and it's a little awkward that doesn't mean that the physical contact needs to stop. It's even more important, especially, I mean, boys and girls, they both need it. 
whether you know you're just caressing a head uh, of your son or squeezing his shoulder or my 21 year old still wants to fold up into her dad's arms when she comes home from college so yeah yeah I mean and my son he we have this big chair that we both fit in I don't know how but anyway that we it is just important that you have that physical contact even though they are becoming young adults don't neglect that um, and then the, the, the third thing about uh, showing and telling is obviously your calendar um, it's I'm a um, I, I love to work and and I work a lot and and uh, it, you know your calendar is a real your calendar and your checkbook um, you know if you showed me your calendar and your checkbook I could probably read your life and so it's it's very easy to look at your calendar and see um, you know how are you communicating with your calendar um, that you love your kids with games and events but really what I'd like to encourage you to do is actually to go home and actually plan events it's not just okay when that soccer trip happens or when that happens but actually um, proactively plan it away a, a time away Facebook friends cell phones all those kinds of things are just a huge distraction to family time and and your ability to tell your kids that you love them uh, especially as they grow older um, we have to plan a week away way away as a family in the summertime um, because otherwise we just don't see our kids you know when they start driving um, you know you just don't see them and so um, we have to take them away from that environment completely um, we know that today or tomorrow when we leave Andrew at, at Arkansas is going to be really really tough for us because we love our kid um, but the, it, we also know from experience that the first time he comes home is going to be way worse because we when when my oldest came home after the first uh, from college the first time I was jazzed and I was ready for the greatest weekend of my life and I saw her between 1 and 2 a.m. and it just totally disappointed me I was hacked and I was I was miserable for a couple of weeks after that it was way worse than when we dropped her off at college and so you have to there, there's so many things going on so planning events away if you've got a you know 12 13 year old girl um, you know go to go go spend a night at a hotel and you know and and take her shopping and and just plan an event away from everything and uh, where they're not spending the whole time texting friends or whatever and um, but but plan uh, a, you know a date night or whatever with with your kids um, one of my fondest memories of my two little ones um, uh, is when she had a Bible study uh, going on um, we had to get out of the house and so that night was super salad night and my kids are weird they like super salads but um, they uh, the reason why they really liked that is because two doors down was a um, a shoe store that the girls like to go to and uh, and dad's easy right he's you know it's you know we get one pair of shoes when mom shops with us but we get whatever we want with with dad and and really that's really not the point the point is is that we had a blast 
when when we went to that store. You know, we'd put on the most gaudy shoes, and you know, how what do you think about this, Dad? No way, you can never. You know, then the princess shoes. Oh, that's just fantastic. And and uh, you know, they may come home with four pairs of shoes. I don't care. That's not the point. The point is, is we spend more time at a shoe store um, than we did anything else, and it was just a fun time. And and uh, um, you know, it, it's just a cheapo, you know, shoe store. But it was just, you know, those times they will never forget. Uh, they always like to go shopping with Dad. Um, yeah. Um, one thing we took away from the previous class, and many of us have it, we don't even realize it. Even the super salad is just a tradition. Right. You go to super salad, so if you've got a tradition, and my question to y'all is, is once they go to college and come back, are they still? They want to be with their friends and all, but even if they fight it to, to have, hey, let's set the appointment to go to Super Salads. Right. Go there once they're there. I'm sure they're, you know, they're, they're, they feel so much better because you're together versus, you know, I could be with my friends. So just establishing the traditions and sticking to them is, is that possible still once they get to that age? I, you know, you you have to battle it sometimes. Yeah. You know, we 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 go to lunch every Sunday with my with my mother, and uh, you know it's. It's what I did growing up with my grandparents. Um, it's tough because they want to go have lunch with friends. We want to go to l- have lunch with friends, too. Um, but you know what? Um, going to Grand's for boring chicken is just is something that is... It's a, it's a constant in their lives. And uh, it's, it's huge. Uh, and, and I would be shocked if at least... Some of our kids don't continue that tradition way in the future, um, but uh, you know it's it's uh, it's easy for Carol and I though if to complain about that, right? Oh, we've got to go to Grands, you know, to, or whatever. But but the reality of it is, is they they feed off of that. So if you are excited about it, you know, I don't know that. What's the shoe store again? <laughs> Pay less. There you go. I don't. I, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that my 14-year-old is 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 would be. You know, she's my. You know, cheerleader slash creative slash you know, fashionista kind of girl, and uh, you know, certainly dad doesn't have a clue in that area. But but um, you know, she's not excited to wear that pair of no-name shoes or whatever around all those friends who, you know, care about that kind of stuff. But um, but because it's such an event, because I'm so excited and I get all into it and all this kind of stuff, she loves it. You know, she it's, it, they feed off of that. That's a, that's a great plan. Let me add a thought on the tradition piece. You know, super salad is a, would be a great tradition to have, but if it's just super salad... Then it, it it's you're bordering on boredom territory once you go to Super Salad ten times. So if your tradition is Super Salad surprise, we go to Super Salad and then maybe we're gonna go to Payless. Maybe right. we're gonna go get ice cream. Maybe we're gonna go run through the fountains. Maybe we're gonna you know whatever. Go visit your friend. Um, then that's a fun tradition. It's super Salad surprise where it's grands and goodies. We'll give you a goodie after you know whatever it is. Right. Making so, Yeah, making an experience and just and you gotta just always have on your radar. Uh, making a memory, you know, whatever it is. So, yeah, date your kids, woo them. Know that the world is wooing them, right? If you got young ladies, pretty soon 
idiot guys are going to be wooing them. Um, obviously, advertisers are trying to woo your kids. Their peers are wooing them. Uh, and as parents, you should be the ones that are wooing them more than anybody. And so you've got to be more creative than the advertisers, more creative than the 13-year-old boy, um, more creative than the girl in the bikini or whatever. And uh, you've got to draw them more. Yeah, being being a workaholic, it's it, it um, you know I, I found that I would come home and and I would I would only offer my family second best, right? I'm I'm now spent, and I've spent the best of me trying to do what I love to do and 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 uh, and what I do for a living. Um, and I can fool everybody and say, well, I'm trying to provide for my family. But the reality of it is I owe my family my best. And so scheduling it on the calendar to do that and coming home and purposely just sometimes I'm spent. But muscling up and saying, hey, who's in for jump in the pool, you know, kind of deal. Um, it's tough sometimes, but doing it is making memories. Um, uh, you know, we did it in our marriage, you know, because I'm coming home spent or whatever uh, and because time is is one of her you know quality time is one of her love languages and just wasn't happening uh, you know I just on my calendar and on her calendar I crossed off every Friday every first Friday of, of uh, every month first Friday is our date day and I don't go to work and we just we do fun stuff and uh, and so doing the same thing with your kids it 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 tells them it shows them that that you that you that you love them. Number two um, is is huge, and and I know this is stuff you hear on a Sunday, but it really does. And, and we'll put it into context in 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 just a minute uh, how this tells your kid that that you love them. Um, demonstrate and pass along a, a, a love for God's word. Um, it's um, you know Deuteronomy six seven is a great scripture to to get in your heads. It's uh, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you at ho- when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up. The translation of that is you know just just constantly feed your kids God's word um, but but really communicating that you love the God's word and the reason is is because it is a recipe for life um, there's a lot of uh, instruction that I can give my kid on ongoing um, you know when I get home you know we're going to continue try to tell my son you know and Two two days later, or maybe two hours later, it's gone. Okay, um, I'm gone. I'm not in Fayetteville with him, uh, but God's word is, and everything he's stored up, he's memorized, he's stashed in his head, is going to be with him. And um, um, uh, Proverbs three thirteen and eighteen thirteen through eighteen over there. Um, you know, as I'm going to tell you, number three, we've done such a pitiful job of showing our kids how awesome it is, the result is, of living according to God's Word. It's always been a killjoy. It's always been a rule book. And the reality of it is, is that some really cool stuff has happened in my life because I followed God's Word. And, uh, and, uh, um, it, that stuff is all over. But also, some really bad stuff has 
has not happened in my life. I've been protected because of God's word in my life, and and uh, um, and 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 so this is Proverbs one nineteen eleven. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Um, um, Carol is 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 way better than uh, of making a priority of things like this than I am. I am um, I'm way too concerned that their rooms are picked up, or that uh, the house is tidy, or that their clothes match, or that everything's perfect because I don't want them to look bad amongst their friends and all that kind of stuff. Carol, um, while she takes care of that kind of stuff. Um, creatively giving them license to, that allows them to get God's word in their in their in in them is just such a fun thing for me to watch. She bought markers for the girls' mirrors, and you know every week they write stuff on their mirror. God, you know, a verse on their mirror, and and I'm like, you know, it's untidy. You know, this is just the way I'm I am. You can use wipe off markers on mirrors, on refrigerators. It just doesn't work well on walls or wallpaper. Yeah. So don't do that, especially with little ones. But dry erase markers, yeah. Yeah. So you know, my son's room. You know, between the not the Arsenal, but the Man City stuff and the Michael Owen England stuff, and the, you know all that kind of stuff. He's got stickies, yellow stickies, and colorful stickies where he's written his his you know all over the wall. And I just you know to me that's just you know I'm the accountant. I'm just you know this is just not not working for me. But it's really it gives them their way of 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 um, of of getting God's word in into their into their life. Talk about how talk about how aggressive you are in doing that, and how shameless you are about bribing them and <laughs> tying to their allowance and all that. Because I think that's great. Right? I mean, why not? You know, whatever it takes to motivate your kids to memorize and know God's word, outside of guilting them to do it, I think is it is totally fair and acceptable practice. So tell, <laughs> tell them some of the ways that you. Yeah, we, we, the two little ones, um, they're, they're uh, I guess they're not little anymore. You know, high school and middle school is not little, but uh, they're our little ones. And, and, and they they uh, they don't get their allowance on Fridays unless, unless they can say their memory verse to us. And it's not just, you know, one verse. I mean, it's, it takes them all week to do it. Yeah, let me just say something about the memory verse work. First of all, if you go through this, thing, all the scriptures in here, great memory verses to go on. Um, and I'll give you a list and then David has some more too that you can use if you don't if you want some to give to your kids to memorize. But um, we do tie it into their allowance. That's kind of new, but I wanted something to motivate them better than what was not working. And so uh, boy, money is a great motivator <laughs> even for that age. But um, also it's um, and you don't have to be Creative. I know we've said creative a lot, but as long as it's before them. But a huge thing that you need to be doing is memorizing them with them, so that uh, you know they're saying their memory verse to you, and you already have it, and so you know. You know, they're like, "Here, take the card, and I'll say it to you." No, let's see if I can do it too. So that also speaks volumes to them if y'all can do it together. So. Um, the other day, a little one wanted a purse, and which is a great thing because she's a tomboy, but <laughs> but the. She wanted this purse, and and it was more than what she had. It cost more than what she had, and so Carol just 
used and abused that situation and said, well, you know what, I'll buy it for you. For you. I'll, you, you pay the amount that, that you have to spend, but I'll go ahead and buy it, but I'm just going to stay in my room until you can say these scriptures to me. And so, you know, it's, I mean, it didn't take her that long and she had those scriptures memorized. And, and um, you know, we use the scriptures over and over. I mean, the scriptures that they memorize are obviously ones that we cherry pick, um, but we go back to them. Remember that verse that you memorized? This is an app. Here's an application for that that you're dealing with with your friends right now. Um, you know, one of those um, scriptures that we'll talk about in just now is is Psalms 1, where it says, where my translation now, because of the application that we've given our kids, is don't hang out with punks. Okay? So that's our, that's our, that's our you know, one of the applications out of Psalms 1 that, that, we, that we continually remind our kids after they've memorized that scripture. We don't have to... Um, go back and beat and, and, and say a sermon, they understand what that means. Uh, they know what we mean when we say that and, and uh, they've learned the scripture uh, that goes with it. But that, I mean, um, it says on here that it conveys priorities. It's helpful when you're not around. I mean, you are hiding the word of God in your kids' hearts when you do this. Your kids will be faced with temptation. And it's like David said, the world is trying to woo them. Uh, we prepare our kids all the time for situations. Uh, my son, who is 18, that's about to go off to college, um, last year was uh, working on a school project with a group of friends. They were finishing it up. There was one thing left to do, and he was at a girl's house, and her there with her parents in the kitchen, and the parents left, and all of a sudden, and there was no, they had no relationship except in class, and somehow it got physical. And I was, I mean, he came to us, it's, it's a humbling thing. Um, it was, uh, he was, I was appalled when he did come to us and tell us that he, you know, went physical with a young lady and someone, and he already had a girlfriend. And so this was a huge issue. And, um, but he knew, he stopped it before it went too far. Um, and because he knew that it was wrong, the word was there in his heart. And then afterwards, and it was, the whole thing was what we're scripting here is um, he went to his community group first and told them and they said you need to talk to your parents so they came he came to us um, one night and actually I guess he came to you with his small group leader Russ Holm and protection yeah <laughs> and and then they came he came home and told me about it and uh, you know hurt yes he hated that he that he fell. I mean, I never dreamt that my son would do that. And um, anyway, several months process up here in my brain um, of what all happened. But he he had a very special friend, girlfriend, whatever, here at Watermark that they had been very close. You know, not serious relationship, but that relationship is now gone because he was over with her. What he did, and um, I mean, it, she she ended that relationship. So it was a very devastating act that he did. It is God's word into play. You know, you don't follow the recipe. There are major consequences of what happened. He has grown. Will he fall again? I sure hope not. But um, there are no guarantees except that he's got God's word in his heart. And that's, we're very intentional about making sure that happens so that 
things don't get too far and the consequences are not too bad. Two, two quick things before we move on. When, uh, along the lines of conveying priority, uh, there's nothing wrong with giving your kids 100 bucks for straight A's or taking them out for ice cream if they score a goal in the soccer game. But if you never reward, um, you know, memorization and application and meditation and, uh, you know, intake of scripture in their life, what does that communicate to them about what values are placed on different things uh, coming from you guys? Um, so that's just one thing to think about. And then also, uh, here's a little starter kit if you have a pen and you're, you're like, yeah, I want to help my kids memorize scripture. Obviously, everything on the sheet was, is great. Um, some other ideas are 1 Corinthians 10.13. Uh, talks about temptation. It's a great verse to have in their arsenal when they're hanging out with, uh, with friends and stuff starts to happen. Proverbs 13.20 talks about choosing their friends. He who walks with the wise grows wise. It's a great short verse to memorize. Um, Romans 12.2 talks about not conforming to the world. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a, a great one to memorize. It's got a great rhythm to it. It's easy to keep locked in there. Second uh, Timothy 3.16 is about the Scripture. First John 1, 9 is about confessing sin. Um, one that I'm sure Andrew had somewhere in his heart. You know, when he knew he needed to come to his small group and come to his parents and confess what happened. So that's just a little... Take what's on the sheet, take those. And like they said at the beginning about God's Word... Um, from Deuteronomy 6-7. This isn't a deal where you need to, it wouldn't be a bad thing, but where you need to every night at 8.30 before bed and before, you know, whatever, we sit down and we have family memorization time. That'd be great. But also these are things that you can, you can stick on your TV screen, you can stick on the computer screen, you can put up on the bulletin board, you can write on the refrigerator, write on the mirror, have on the dashboard of your car, um, and you can work on them just throughout life. And, and you've got to know them to teach them and for them to know them. So speed of the leader, speed of the team, speed of the parents, speed of the family. Um, and so lead your kids in this area. Uh, the first thing it says in number two is to demonstrate a love for God's Word. And so you've got to demonstrate it and then pass it on. We, um, you know, Proverbs, there's 31 of them, and so every day is a proverb. And so, um, I, you know, picking out a verse of, the, of that day's proverb um, is a discipline for me. Um, and and it's fun for me to write it on their lunch bu- lunch pa- lunch bag, you know, just picking out a verse, you know, um, and uh, but but what it communicates to them is is your love for God's word, um, which which does give them a lot of uh, security and and there's a um, the third um, item on here is is we do such a pitiful job of and that is we just don't communicate how awesome it is. The result of the of following the recipe, we think we communicate the Bible is just some sort of rule book, right? And you know do's and don'ts, and and if you don't do that, you know people are going to get mad. But there's really no consequence in life if you don't follow the recipe. And similarly, they look sometimes at our lives and sometimes at the lives of others, and they look at it. Well, that guy's you know big time in the church, and he looks like. He doesn't enjoy life at all, you know. Um, we we enjoy life, and we tell them that the reason why we have the freedom to enjoy everything that we do is because God has blessed us, but also because we haven't made some of the bad decisions that other people have made. Um, 
um, and, and the consequence of that is that we're enjoying God's blessing. Now, when we do make bad decisions, obviously we tell Him, you know, that's the reason why we can't, you know, why, why uh, you know, we screwed up and we didn't follow the recipe. Um, there's a, a practical way that we illustrated this with our, with our kids that, that seemed to work real well and we continue to reference it. And that is one day we um, we uh, kind of pr- planned this, and we uh, I told came home and told the girls we're making cookies today, and you know they don't get to cook with me that often, and uh, I certainly can't cook, and so that's why. But uh, um, they were excited about it, and so I got there, got a big old bowl in front of me, and I said, well, what goes in cookies, you know? Flour, okay, poured some flour in there. What else? Eggs, okay, put some eggs in there. And, you know, we just threw everything that everybody suggested in this bowl. And uh, and it wasn't kind of battery. It was kind of runny. So I said, well, you know what? We, we can't make cookies. Maybe we'll make brownies. You know, like make cookies. So we poured it in this pan. And I said, well, how long are we going to cook it? Well, you know, we'll wait and see. And, and, and how, you know, how hot does mom? Well, I think mom cooks at 400. Okay, 400. We stick it in there. And I mean, it was na- really nasty. But, but, um, but, but uh, you know the youngest one was so jazzed. She get, you know took it out and we cut it up and like in brownie pieces, you know brownie squares. After a little while and and they and and the older one's a little skeptical about it, you know, because it was a little yellow or green. And um, and and uh, and the youngest one took a bite and just oh dad, you you can't make cookies like this. Oh what really? Um, and so uh, you know the oldest one is like oh dad not another lesson it is a lesson right so but we refer back to that day because what we did is I sit down and said you know what should we have done and and of course you know we should have gotten mom involved mom's been laughing you know in the living room listening to this mess uh, and and she had gotten all the ingredients and and all that stuff ready for us and what we proceeded to do is is follow the recipe card in our recipe uh, box and make cookies and enjoyed uh, some awesome cookies and we refer back to that day constantly um, as they make decisions or want to make decisions that are that are not part of God's word the recipe for life um, are you ready to 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 eat the bitterness of of what you're cooking, um, you really want some of that, or do you want some of life and life abundantly? Um, and so we we use those kind of fun times, kind of teaching moments or whatever over and over and over again because it, I don't even have to when we're in a crowd or whatever you know I don't have to you know pull out you know the Bible and start preaching at my daughter I, I just say hey you know follow the recipe you know you you know is 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 what you're saying about that girl is that part of the recipe you know you want a missionary date show me in the in the recipe where where that is show me how you can justify that um, what that does is it puts you out of sort of the blame you know kids come home and they and they and they want to argue with you on what's right and what's wrong and that's that's really okay i'm i'm okay with that but really what we try to do is we try to say well you know here's what god's word says 
show me how you are going to how it's going to work out from you or show me in God's word how you're right because that's what we're tr- trying to follow it's not my opinion it's what the recipe says um, love each other um, you know I didn't, didn't I sure so how did you come up with that idea like, was that something that you had heard about? Like, might be a good example? You know, and somebody else has asked me that before, and I really don't remember hearing it, but you, what you'll find in parenting is the same thing as youth ministry um, or children's ministry. There's no such thing as, what is that when you cheat off of other people's work? What's plagiarism. It? Plagiarism. There's no plagiarism in, in parenting or youth ministry, right? So I'm sure maybe even a accumulation of other people or whatever. Good example for kids to see. Because if you say, oh, well, you know, you need to follow the rules, otherwise, you know. Right. You won't enjoy the blessings. It's like, whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they don't really care what Yeah. I, stuff, I, but if they see a practical example. Exactly. You know, it, it can be helpful. At least for me, if I see anything that helps absorb the actual. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the next one is, is just a huge item, and that is, is to love each other, is husband and wife. If you're a single parent, obviously this is, this is a tough one, but. Um, Verbally, physically, respectfully, and with your calendar. Um, you know, uh, I just, you know, I grew up in, in, a, in a home where, where my, my mom was a single mom, um, but she was, she never really badmouthed my dad, although she had good reason to, I'm sure. Um, uh, you know, there was a there was a respect for my dad uh, that was really carried over uh, with me uh, tremendously but there's a peace and security that comes from your from them seeing and knowing that you love each other and that just doesn't happen um if you're if you're going through stuff in your marriage dive in um for your kids sake uh if not for your sake um you know, there's lots of resources here with reengage and those kinds of things, but but I want to go further, as I said in the in the in the beginning, and that is, it's not something that you just that they get by osmosis. I talk about how much I love my wife with my kids. Um, I I you know, at the end of dinner, sometimes I tell them, you know what, we're not cleaning up. You girls are cleaning up. Mom and Dad are going to Saxby's for coffee. We're gonna, we're, you know, the the idea is is that is that they know I want to spend time with Carol. Um, they know that I that you know one of the absolutes, and we'll get to this in just a minute. In my house, is you you bow up to your mother, and you're done. Then it's not between you and your mother. Now we're t- now I'm involved, and you don't want some of that, because that's one of the things that I will not handle in my house, because this is my wife. And so there's there's a there's a there's not only a love but there's a respect and and in the end that is just such a ton of security in their life. Um, uh, these guys deal constantly with a fear that their parents are not getting along or whatever, and uh, and communicating proactively that you love your spouse. If it's sitting next to them, hey, you know, get up. I want to talk. I want to sit next to Mama. Or uh, um, you know um, whether it's um, 
or or kind of letting them know that you're writing a note to your wife or you know she she went away for a, a week with her college friends uh uh the other day and and while while they were gone at dinner time you know i asked them i said how do you, how how can we show mama that we love her when when she gets back so you bring them in and help them with 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 that equation um it it shows them a tremendous amount of love just a couple thoughts on that you know the the idea behind loving uh each other loving your spouse and making that a priority as it applies to loving your kids is that it they do need that security so much to know that there's a supportive group behind them. And even if you are separated or divorced from your spouse, Christ talks several times, namely, you know, one in, I just flipped over to Matthew 5, verse 40, 44, about loving even your enemies. Um, and, you know, even if you aren't together with your spouse, um, respectfully um, loving each other um, as you would love an enemy offers some level of. Um, security uh, to know that you're getting along and the same applies to people that are outside of your marriage kids need a loving community and supportive community around them the parents are the pillars of that um, but talking respectfully and loving and serving your kids coaches your kids teachers your kids small group leaders at church inviting them over to your house uh, engaging with them inviting them onto your team um, provides that security uh, that kids need so much um, Regardless of kind of what we think or what we see, uh, studies from researchers have shown that the most influential people in the kids' lives still primarily are their parents. And second after that isn't their friends, it isn't the media. Second after that is non-parental committed adults. So whether that's aunts or uncles or coaches or teachers or youth ministers or whoever it is that's influential in their lives, mentors of some sort, uh, those are the people that are really influencing and shaping kids' lives. Um, and so they need that um, kind of teamwork aspect from you guys. So make that a priority because that really does show love to your kids is giving them that security. Well, I would, And I would encourage you, again, not to just say I love you, but, but show it on your calendar. Show it... Um, uh, show it physically, show it, you know, uh, I love it when I grab my wife, and this is kind of a little bit too much probably, but I love it when I grab my wife and swing her down and give her a big old kiss in front of my girls, and the girls go, oh, come on, Dad. I just love that because of what it communicates to my to my kids. Um, uh, number five uh, is really probably better called be authentic um i've done a real poor job of of failing well in front of my kids um because i want to be perfect i want to know everything and um and so um i have i have uh hopefully you know what i've always thought of you should have one kid and kind of bring it towards middle school and then be able to kind of crumple it up, throw it in and start over, you know, kind of thing. Um, my first two kids, I've done a, 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 I've realized now what I've done and I wish I had done differently, in other words. With the younger ones, I'm trying to be a whole lot better at this and that is to, um, to not hold out the fact that I'm perfect, that I do make mistakes and this is how I handle it when I do make mistakes. Um, uh, 
you know, not only owning it, but 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 um, but putting things in place so that I don't make those mistakes anymore. Does that make sense? And so you you can help them script how to handle making mistakes. The consequences of not doing this is what we faced, and that is your kid won't come to you when they have made a mistake. Um, and and even worse, they 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 hide their their mistakes like I have in front of them. And what happens is is for example in Proverbs twenty eight thirteen it says, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces finds mercy. The idea is is that, that stuff will eat you up. You know? And and you're you're basically putting your kids in a situation where they're learning to get eaten up in them in the inside, and so um, so I'm learning now to not know everything. One of the funnest stories, and I will just tell you, my son who's going off to um, to college today, uh, he was when he was a little guy. I don't know how long, but we were listening. In fact, it was to Todd. Uh, Wagner down at uh, Northwest Bible he was preaching on Sunday night and he didn't like to go to the children's class he was three or four I can't remember sitting in his mama's lap and he looks up he goes why is he talking that way and uh, and Carol said well he's teaching us and he looks up with his quizzical looks he, he says do you not know something <laughs> because he was just amazed that we yeah those days are long gone <laughs> Um, and do you don't know something? Yeah. So um, from a and, and, and you always want to be perfect for your kids and, and not. But but the translation that they get from that is is that they don't want to disappoint you, and and so they hide the fact that they do make mistakes, and that is the worst possible thing that can happen. Yes, you need the, your kids will make mistakes. And they really do not want to disappoint you. Uh, and if you have that, if you have established where they, um, you've apologized to them for doing wrong and asked for forgiveness, and you restore that relationship, making the st- letting them see you make the mistake and owning your mistakes, even with them, um, or seeing it between us, it helps that trust factor so that they will not be too afraid to go to you whenever. They know that they're going to disappoint you. And um, with Andrew's case that I was telling you about earlier, he went to his community first, and the community pointed him to us. He said, you've got to tell your parents this. So um, anyway, it all works together. Yeah, it's just it's a little rattling to think about what could my kid be going through uh, that they're, they don't feel safe sharing with me because they don't want to disappoint me. And... I know some of those things, and I'm part of communities like that that try to push kids to their parents, but you'd be amazed at how much pushback I get saying, there's no way I cannot tell my parents um, because of a fear of being disappointed or how they'll respond and all that. And so, you know, you have to show them that you have grace for them because you uh, have trusted in God's grace and that you know you're not perfect and here's all the reasons why. And you understand that they're not going to be perfect and that God's grace is good enough for them and then, and you are a instrument of that and I think you've got to set that up from from an early age and continue to live that out but uh, I could go through a list of examples of kids that say I don't want my parents to be disappointed
And uh, the reality is, is I know their parents will love them, but somehow the kids have gotten that message along the way. Um, I, I do it with my three-year-old. Our, our deal is we spank, we use that when we need to, but we always tell them that it's about to happen and why. But there have been times when I've gotten frustrated and I've spanked and then explained, and then I have to sit down with a three-year-old and say, hey, I was wrong. I should have talked to you about that beforehand, told you I was getting ready to spank you. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And he knows what that means because we make him say sorry and will you forgive me to us all the time. But those should be words that, because none of us are perfect, um, that are on our lips all the time when, when parenting and saying, hey, in this situation I was wrong and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And it teaches them to do the same. I think it, I think it goes further than parenting as well. You know, um, knowing that I've made mistakes um, sitting down with my son and talking to him talking to my daughters about mistakes that I make on a daily basis you know I really was way out of control with this one person today at, at the office and uh, you know I had to go and, and I had to apologize to this person and, uh, and, and admitting that to my kid then he, then he, he or she is comfortable coming to me and telling me what's going on with 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 him. Um, if we claim we're at, we're, without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Um, Sorry, I have one other thought. Yeah, and I didn't. I wish I would have shared this with the first group. Uh, don't take this as an excuse not to do what he just said and confess. You know, sins to your kids, but there is this idea of kind of progressive revelation. Uh, you usually hear that phrase right. tossed out when a kid asks you about sex. You only tell them enough to satisfy their question. What are they really asking? Satisfy their curiosity. You don't, you know, pull out the diagram that when they're four and they ask you where babies come from. And the same is true, I think, with kids. I mm-hmm. I just remembered a 12-year-old girl uh, sitting with her and her leader, and she was so upset because her dad had taken her aside and told her about his struggle with pornography that he'd had in the last year. And she just didn't have the tools to process that. Um, and so, and I think it was a reactionary thing for him. And, and it's a lot, lot more to the story. But, you know, know that you don't, what he's saying is not sit your kid down and just vomit everything on him. Uh, tell them what they can handle. Um, mm-hmm. But the idea, the principle is teach them uh, that you're not perfect and how you handle imperfection and how you will handle it in them. And I think one way to demonstrate that is especially when you've offended them. That really, that's the key is if you, when you've offended them to go and take ownership and ask for forgiveness and restore that relationship and that, you know, that's other than other, the huge issues that you're dealing with that they don't need to know about. At least you're dealing with them and making that so that's a great example. Well, and and you know what, you know, when I go to God and I say, hey, you know, I've screwed up again, um, an incorrect thinking of what God's reaction would be would be, you stupid moron, why did you do that, right? And so it's equally inappropriate for us to do that to our kids as well. We have to discipline them, but at the same time, you can't be a constant critic, which I'm always have to stop myself from 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 doing you know when they bring all a's except one b you know you looking at the b like i am you know uh 
those kinds of things obviously are, are um, indicative of being a perfectionist. Um, dive into what interests them. Six. Um, this is something that's overdone by a lot of us. You know, your kid's interested in something like soccer or whatever it is that you're interested in, and you just run with it and will overtake your kid with that interest, right? And uh, and and really, um, there's really no way to balance it except the following, and that is your kid's stuff, everything they're interested in, whether it's technology or video games or or sport or or whatever it is. Um, it's an opportunity for you to do stuff with them that enables them to understand that what they do is an act of worship. Um, the purpose of showing them how to do things and, and being with them is to help them worship well with those things. Um, you know, when my son goes out in the soccer field, and, I, and I've said this many times um, um, to, to him, when he goes out in the soccer field and he makes a move on somebody, I am just jazzed, okay? I am just so psyched because it just fills me up, okay? And I know, and, and there may be all kinds of wrong stuff with that, but it is just, I just, it thrills me, okay? Um, when I see him, uh, you know, pass the ball off and do something that was the right thing, it fills me up. And I know that's the way God looks at us. And he, and he sees me do something maybe in our marriage real well. Or he sees me in my, in, in a, in, do something with, with my kids that, that is real well. He is jazzed about it. I know that. And so what we do thrills him. And that's a concept that's very, very difficult for us to understand. But the God of the universe is, is thrilled with what we do in light of our worship of him. Okay, and so um, they can get on the soccer field, they can do whatever, and they can be worshiping. And so worship, learn, teaching them to do that um, uh, is, is just so much fun, whatever the forum. Uh, I'm not a musician, but when my daughter ended up being having to go to piano recitals and those kinds of things, I was, you know, I had to bite my tongue sometimes and go at it because I'm just not, I've never been around that world, right? Um, and so you have to just dive in and be interested in what they're, um, what they're getting into, principally because it's a forum to be with. The translation of the word ministry, to me, it's not the Greek word for it, but, but the, what it means to me is to be with, right? You can, you can, you can say what ministry is, but ultimately it's being with, okay? And so um, that's how you communicate uh, your love, by diving into those interests. Next to where Grant wrote, um, don't overtake their interests, jot down Psalm 139, 16, and Colossians 3.21. Uh, Psalm 139.16 talks about how every day of our lives is written in God's book before one of them came to be. And uh, just remembering that God has a plan for your kid's life um, and being very sensitive to encouraging uh, what God's doing in their life, uh, God's plan, and not your par- not the parent's plan. Um, and Colossians 3.21 talks about do not embitter your children or they'll become discouraged. And from my perspective, I see a lot of kids that are discouraged and bitter at their parents because their parents are pushing their plan on them uh, and not... And kids think they have their own plan. 
Um, but really trying to teach them, listen, it's not about your plan for your life. It's not about my plan for your life. It's about God's plan for your life. And let's let's go together and figure out what that is. Um, but, you know, bitterness and discouragement um, and a lot of times acting out uh, results from when a parent is constantly pushing their plan uh, and not necessarily God's plan. And so, you know, I'd be interested to hear how Grant would respond, um, would have responded, sophomore year high school when everything's clicking and going great with soccer if Andrew came and said hey I want to quit soccer um, would would he, would he be so wrapped up in that that the disappointment would show and the frustration or the sadness or anger or whatever would Andrew be afraid to tell him that I don't know but uh, you know that's that's always needs to be on your radar hey I want to be in with what my kids into at the same time, I want to be available to wherever God's leading and steering their life. Absolutely. And you, you've got to be engaged with your kids and know what their strengths are and know what kind of their quirks are. I mean, I have one daughter that's just bubbly, bouncy, and everybody likes to be around her because she just, they'll say, she's, you're always so happy. And, you know, she'll be crying. She's the one child that she'll be, even when she was little, she'll be crying and screaming. I did this to her lips, and she would just start laughing the easiest thing to make her, this child laugh. And so I say stuff to her, gosh, you know, God's given you so much joy. I wonder how he's going to use that. Uh, my other, my child underneath her is just the opposite. She gets angry uh, when things don't go her way, and she likes it to be just so. And I'm like, you know, God has just wired you guys so differently. And she compares herself to her older sister. God's just wired you so differently. I wonder, I wonder what he's got for you, because you can see things, and you have this wit about you, and you just kind of just talk about them and how God's made them. And I mean, you said all four of your kids are so different, and talk about their differences to them and how God's created each one of them for a reason, for a purpose. What I love about about the things our kids get into uh, is is it gives us a, it gives us a forum to be with them. I mean, I can I can tell you now that that the the soccer trips, the basketball trips, the what we're getting into now is volleyball days at the gym with volleyball. Uh it's very easy to complain about those and how it's really upsetting my agenda. And um but but the reality of it is is that when you embrace it and you and you enjoy the time that you spend with them, um it's fun, but there's also other teaching moments in those, you know, when, when your kid is on the bench the whole game um, or when the coach cusses, the, cusses your kid out or when, um, when, you don't, when you lose. Those are, this is such a pretend environment. It's not serious. It's going to end sometime, um, uh, you know, but they're great opportunities to love your kid through that. Um, Number seven is related, and that is uh, to, to, to be there even when they don't want you there. If you've got a middle school kid, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you're in an embarrassment. And so um, they don't want you there, or at least that's what they'll tell you. Um, but there will be a time when they need you, and they know that, and you've got to be ready. Uh, you know, the story of the prodigal son or the, the lost son is in, in Luke 15 is a great one to go through. It's an example of where, the way God treats us, and we should be no different. Um, I get a little bit uh, hacked, jealous, 
all the rest of those kinds of words when when you know I want to even go in and and embarrass them even you know in middle school just to just to t- you know because because they do push a little bit away um, but the idea is to gently remind them that you're there and 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 love them through that um, uh, be available um, and and again as all the distractions happen you may have to then proactively plan events where they are only with you um, just to get that time um, away from their friends um, away from being embarrassed um, and be excited when they want to spend time with you Um, number eight consistently discipline consistently this is a this is a tough area, obviously, because everybody has different different ways of dealing with these things. Um, but I think the, the the perspective that we want to bring today is more how you use this to love your kids. Um, the 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 way that again that you divert the attention away from your wishes uh, onto what really the recipe says is uh, in the first gray area right there is, is, is that you were born in a household that basically you're saying that as for me and my house we will serve the Lord so we're going to follow this recipe and so you're choosing uh, a way that I don't think is part of the recipe and so um, let's talk about the consequences of that and let's talk about um, you know who you're differing with you may be thinking that you know you're you're differing with my wishes but Here's how it lines up with God's word. So how are you going to deal with that? Um, Balancing that with the second gray area, and that is a very tough question that you have to ask yourself, and that is, do you want a neat, polite, polished kid that gets A's, or do you want a kid that follows hard after God? It is just every single day I've got to ask that, that question to myself because I know where my head is at. And that is I want a kid who's liked by everybody, who's polished, who's neat, who's gets A's, and everybody thinks they're perfect. And really honestly, that's really not what I want, but that's the way I parent sometimes. And so um, I make a big deal about stuff that really isn't that important. What I should be making a big deal about is how my kid is growing in Christ and being mentored in a direction that makes him a, a, a fully devoted follower of Christ. Um, and, you know, if you ask my kid what is dear to me, maybe it's tidy room, maybe it's, you know, I don't know, he's going to pick all sorts of things, I guess. Um, but really what I want him to pick is he wants me to love God with all my heart and with all my soul and all, with all my strength. So the idea is, is, is uh, to check how you're disciplining your kid, how you're directing your kid, and, what they, and, and, and make sure that, um, that they understand that that's your goal. Um, a practical application of that, just if you want, um, um, you know, you've got to clearly articulate some boundaries that are really, really major issues because they're going to break a lot of the smaller ones, the, the tidy room or the whatever, whatever, whatever. But the, um, 
there are some big deals that we do discuss and we make huge deals of. And one of them I've alluded to earlier. In my house, you don't respect Carol. It's just not going to happen. That won't fly. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that, and, we, and we've already talked with some. <clears throat> Another one is you don't lie. I don't want to ever catch you in a lie because that is a big, big deal. That's bigger than dumping over the you know, the 120-year-old vase that's been in the family for for five for for centuries, right? It's uh, it's it's a bigger deal than that, and 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 our reaction to them lying ought to be ought to indicate that, and sometimes it really doesn't. Um, appropriate consequences or related consequences are huge. Um, not everything is a big deal, <clears throat> but I think um, one of the things I love about cell phones and cars is that you can take the keys away or take the phone away. That's a beautiful thing. It's a huge weapon. I love it. It's control. Um, but one of the ways that we've kind of illustrated this whole thing is a big deal for teenagers is trust. You don't trust me. You don't trust me. Um, and and so we used a um, a rope or, or with one of our kids. I, I took out a rope in the garage and and and... And I said, you know, every time that you that, that we that, that you're trustworthy, show yourself as trustworthy. I give you a little more rope, and you get a little bit, a little bit long, you know, a little more string, a little bit. The minute that you show yourself as not not trustworthy, you know, yank it back, and and guess what? You don't have any freedom. That's why you think I don't trust you. It's because you've shown yourself. So if you, if you show yourself to be trustworthy, if you come back before curfew, if you do these things. Then I give you a little more rope. If I know, if you call in and tell me where you are, if you do these things and follow these kinds of things, then you get more freedom. And that's very, very um, um, a, a good way to to kind of to let them understand that there is freedom available, but they've got to show themselves of, as trustworthy. Does that make sense? So part of that rope is I have your username and password to Facebook. Right. So I'm I'm on the rope. I'm in that rope, and I'm gonna. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to check it every day. And then if you show yourself trustworthy, I'm going to check it once a week. And if you show yourself trustworthy, I'm going to check it once a month. And when you go to college, I'm not going to... You can change your password. I'm not going to check it anymore. But that's that's an example today. It's, it used to just be the car keys and, you know, how far the radius was, but that's expanding in all areas of life now. And once they do start driving, it's really they don't want to be driven anywhere <laughs> because they want to drive themselves. And so that's also a great, uh, I mean, if lying ever comes in, which they did test the waters, it will, Angie and Allison both tested the waters, and, uh, and then they got mom to drive them around for a few weeks, and they know that lying's a big deal. Well, and I think, I think it also, um, this is not on there, but, but I think it has been great for them to see the things that I put in my life to discipline me. Um, you know, illustrations, for example, when you're walking through this whole thing um, with your son, uh, for example, with regards to what's on the Internet and available for for you to see. And, and, and we talked, the student ministries has dealt with pornography and all the dangers of the web and where not to go and what all those kinds of things. Um, you know, 
if if you go into my office in any one of our offices actually uh, um, even in Chattanooga or wherever our businesses are one of my pet peeves or one of the things that I don't allow is a door without a window because I want I don't want anything behind a closed door. Um, one of the things that is in my office, for example, and I tell my son this, is that when you walk into my door, you can see my monitor. Okay? Now, that's not... I don't... Uh, you know, I haven't... It's not that anybody has caught me doing anything wrong or whatever. It prevents me from doing it. See what I'm saying? It's It's just something you put in your life so that you are... Um, so that so that you are protected because transparency or or disciplining yourself like that protects you, right? I'm not tempted because I don't want somebody walking behind me in my office and seeing what I'm if I'm doing something that is not right, whether it's being you know on the internet looking at soccer websites or and not working, or whether it's looking at nasty stuff on the web. It protects me because I don't have a, I don't have to worry about that because I'm not I don't want to be I want anybody else you know I can't hide anything in other words and so you put things in your life so that there's so that you can't so that so it prevents you from from sinning basically um, and and showing those kinds of things to your kids and allowing them to to um, to figure out ways to hold themselves accountable obviously ends up being self-discipline, which is which is a huge way uh, for them to succeed later on. Um, go ahead. You, you, okay. So number nine is plug them in, and this is probably uh, just I, I've got to tell you it, if. If we've been benefited by this church in any way, it's been because of the student ministries. And these guys just knocked the ball out of the park. Um, I, my son has been in a small group since he's been in sixth grade. They've now graduated from college. They've been they have the same leader. I saw the leader over here. He has kids now. They've seen him date. They've seen him get engaged. They've seen him get married. This guy married them, and my son got to watch it. Um, and... Uh, I cannot, I don't care if I had Bill Gates' checkbook, I could not write the check for what my son has benefited from, from uh, um, Russ Holm and the student ministries. Uh, plug them in, push through the barriers, they're going to battle a little bit back, push through those barriers. If We, we live in Lucas, um, most of the kids around here live in Park Cities or Lake Highlands, we drive them to small group. It's just, the, it's a whole lot better than them uh, us waking up and when the kid's 16 and he's got all sorts of issues I just I'll drive every week I don't care you've got to plug them in do everything uh, guide their relationships uh, is Carol's term mine is pick their friends um, you know just do whatever you can to put them in front of uh, a group that is uh, that is going to consistently reinforce what you uh, want um, um it's um, uh, Psalm one is just such a great scripture that we one that we have our kids memorize. And my translation is, "Don't hang out with pug, with punks." You're gonna your 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 uh, your your kids are gonna want to hang out with kids that are not Christians, and that's no problem. Uh, it, it's it is a problem when they're not leading in that environment. Um, uh, the the um, um, 
when they're around their Christian friends, they can relax a little bit. But if they're not going to be a leader, in other words, and, and the example that I've given my son just recently is we, by whatever reason, we gain some ownership in a company that is partially owned by a, a guy that, that runs a topless bar in Ohio. And that's where the business is located. And so I asked my son, I said, when we go up there and sit down, I mean, who's going to dictate who we, where we're going to lunch? And he goes, well, you know, I don't know. I said, well, you think I'm going to allow him to take us to that place to go to lunch? He says, no. I said, well, then who's going to be the leader in that group? He says, well, you. I said, that's fine. That's exactly right. I cannot let anybody else lead that conversation because I'm going to run into trouble. But when I'm around Uncle Kyle, he knows Kyle Kegler is Uncle Kyle. When I'm around Uncle Kyle, do I have to, need to worry about where he wants to go to lunch? No, I don't need to worry. So I need to, I, you're going to be around non-Christians, but you have to be very careful with your guard. And so there's, so there's a way to walk your kid through that uh, scenario. Um, uh, obviously, who they hang out is huge. Uh, I used an example I think is... David came up with a Dave came up with a whole lot better example early on. That's the chair example, and that is um, you go ahead and, and take your kid um, and have him stand up on a chair and ask him to pull you up on the chair with him. And you just stand there and have them try to lift you up onto the chair. And they, if you get a big kid, they may be able to do it, but probably they won't. And, and then uh, you stand on the chair, have them stand on the ground, and say, "Pull me down." And it's much easier for them to pull you down. And just explain to them when it comes to uh, their peers who they hang out with or who they date um, that it is much easier to get dragged down and pulled down um, than it is to pull people up. And so there are environments where it is necessary that you lead. um, But depending on the environment, that's much more difficult or for a young teenager next to impossible um, for them to take a stand and navigate out of that. And so they've got to surround themselves with people who are not going to be pulling them down um, and who they are not having to consistently be trying to lift up. Because if they're caught in a tug-of-war match and they're the ones on the chair, they're going to go down every time. Um, and so I liked your example with the charcoal. The charcoal. Yeah. You throw a briquette at them and they, they say, well, and you tell them to take a look at it and then throw it back to you and then they look at the hands. Well, you can't take a look at the briquette and study the charcoal briquette without it getting on your hands. And so it will come, you will become more like them that, that, that you're around. A uh, practical example here is such a great example. It's not mine. Um, was given to me. And that is sit down with your kids and, and, and find out, you know, about their friends. Are they following after Christ? What do their friends think about? Where do their friends go? What do they listen to? Uh, what do they watch? Um, and then um, community. Um, they're going to need they're going to need somebody more than you to discuss uh, things with. Um, get them involved in small groups. Uh, push them to serve uh, a little bit outside of their comfort zone. Uh, my little girls, um, you know, when they go to West Dallas and they with with their mom and they read to those kids, it just there's some formula there, and I don't can't put my arms around it that when they serve those kids and they're they're looked up at like oh my gosh these wonderful girls and they can read and all this kind of stuff um they come here and they teach in starting blocks or whatever 
And when they go back to school and they're told, hey, you're ugly, you're worthless, you're on the B team, you're not on the A team, you're, you're an idiot, you're a... All those things that kids hear, even though they're not told, sometimes they, they hear those things. They, they somehow, by serving, they, they gain self-esteem. I don't know how that all works, but push them to serve outside of their comfort zone. If they're in middle school or high school, um, Barnabas is a great way to do it if they can handle it in the summer. Um, uh, also, there's lots of other opportunities that, that come along that, that are just great ways for them to get involved, to get a little out of themselves. Um, and the last one is hearing aid, gag, and handcuffs. Carol and I have a little code. I'm way overbearing. I'm way... I, I want them to... Uh, their projects to be perfect. And if the picture's not straight on the project, I want to rip it off and put it straight. Um, she does this to me. And... Uh, it's gag and handcuffs. It's gag and handcuffs. Shut up and sit down my vernacular. And, uh, and uh, um, it really is a help... For me, obviously, because I'm I'm not wired that way, I want to make it right. Um, but but they need to they need to have something that's theirs. They they need to know that what they do and what they accomplish is super. And uh, um, not that they are perfect. You know, it's the Americanism in America. There's a, there's a we do a, a pretty pitiful job of bring our kids to reality look you know you're not going to be in the NBA you know um, but but um, uh, it's not that you're telling your kid that you're a superstar it's that you are um, it, it's, it, it's that you you love your kid and your cheerleader does that make sense you're not the person that's telling him he's going to play for Arsenal um, that stuff is, is, is way out of whack um be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Um, they're going to figure it out. And the idea is to be with them while they are doing that and point them back to the recipe. And I've just rushed through a whole lot uh, at the end there. Um, um, love to, to answer whatever questions you might have or any comments you might have on, on, on this stuff. But... Um, what I want to bring you back to before we close, and that is that this all is not a, a to-do list from a standpoint of what to do when your kids come home and face whatever. Uh, this really was set out to encourage you to proactively plan events that communicate to your kid that you love them. Does that make sense? So get a hold of your calendar, get a hold of these ideas, reread some of this, some of these ideas, and plan out how to get them in God's Word, how to get them to serve, how to get them plugged in a community, but also plan dates, plan surprises, plan ice cream trips, jump in the pool at 11 o'clock at night when it's bedtime, do strange stuff just to be with them, and create memories. That's it. I appreciate it. And we, if you guys have any questions, we'll kind of hang out. I know we're kind of over time, and I'm sorry for that, but uh, we'd love to chat with you. And um, is that right? There you go. So the, oh, any questions? The next three minutes. That's it. <laughs>
Like and I'll go ahead and, and promote, you know, if uh, I know some of you guys, I don't know you all, but if you're not connected here, um, I know this was, hey, here's a ton of ideas. There's four pages of how to love your kid. Um, some of you guys may still be struggling with, how do I understand my kid? And um, just process through all the different things you come up with. Go to Connecting Point here at Watermark. Get plugged in. There's a group link where you can get in a community group after that and get get connected with some other parents that have kids your kid's age and just weekly, daily, start start conversations, um, walking through all of the, the new challenges and discoveries that come with having teenagers. Do that with other people. It'd be great to sit in a circle um, every week and have a crossfire of ideas and questions and all that. You can have that in the context of the community here. And it starts this Sunday if you go to the connecting point next Sunday and then group link. So if you're not connected, dive in in that way if you are, you know, pull them close and open up. And it's a, it's a journey. It's an adventure. Uh, I, myself and our team of small group leaders, we're here as a resource, but we're not parents of teenagers. Um, so make sure you have some other parents of teenagers around you. And there's watermarkstudents.com. Which is which has a lot of resources over there that can kind of if you're facing the oh my gosh I need to kind of close off the sex talk thing or I need to have some resources on how to communicate this and that uh, with kids um, they've got some great resources out there for you and certainly David and his team of of student ministry staff are just unbelievable and and can help you walk through a ton of things and throw some resources at you. So, um, any comments, questions, situations that we that we can help you with or pray about, and then I'll shut us up with prayer. No, I think it's a good overview. I think it just reemphasizes that you know, as busy as we are, we need to make time to build those relationships and spend time with your kids. Well, today we're we're taking our kid to college, and I promise you, it was yesterday when his first t-ball game was at age four, and it really sucks. Um, and you you go back and you say, well, you know, was it really that important that, you know, that I took that trip or that I did that? You know, you know, that's a it's not an easy uh, realization to come to at the end, um, but uh, uh, you know, the good thing is is we still have. We still have, what, a four and a half hour drive and we'll just do some cramming. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, uh, first of all, for, for your word that, that leads and guides us and, and, and is a recipe for life. And, and uh, I pray, Lord, that you'd infuse us with an excitement to, to dive into it and to, and to impart it to our kids. Um, uh, Lord, we're so grateful for uh, the life that you that you have for us, and we pray that you would uh, um, that you would help us to raise our kids with a desire to serve you, and and uh, and help us with creative ways to communicate our love for our kids. Um, thanks so much for this church and the student ministries that, are, that give us resources to, to come alongside us to do that. Um, and we just pray that you, would, uh, um, that you would help us to make every minute count um, in, uh, in our lives with our kids. And we love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.